Welcome to Mysterious Goings-On. I'm Alex Greenwood, a.k.a. J. Alexander Greenwood. That's my pen name. And I'm your host for what will be Chapter 10 of Mysterious Goings-On. We call every episode a chapter because that's kind of what a writer, get it, would do. Ha ha. Welcome to the show, though. If this is your first Mysterious Goings-On, this is a podcast for and about writing and writers It's also for readers. Everybody's welcome here. There's no admission at the door. You don't have to show your papers. You just come on in. Often it's just me yakking about my writing, which you can learn more about at pilotscross.com. We'll do more of that at the end of the show. I'm not going to give you the whole rigmarole of how to find me until the end. But but also I often have guests, or or we're going to often have guests, and one of our guests who's been on more than once, is coming back today because he's a lot of fun to talk to, and he's my friend. And he is the author, Jason McIntyre. Welcome, Jason. Hello. I feel like I should uh, probably move into a guest room at this point. I- I'm thinking so as well. I, I really am. Um, it's uh, it's funny. It's like I told myself, you've been on two other episodes of the show, and this is Chapter 10, so you know, here we go. And I, I told myself, okay, I love having Jason on, but i got to get a different writer on before I have him back. And then I was just like, ah, oh, man, I... <laughs> It's too. It's too late, man. I'm I'm moving in. I'm sending a list of dietary requirements. Please do. Yes. And I need a hypoallergenic pillow. Oh, oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Gotcha. That's, yeah. Hmm. Well, one reason I, I wanted to have you back is because oftentimes when we're not recording a show, you and I will still either be um, we'll Skype occasionally or we'll we'll do a lot of texting via messenger and stuff like that, and we'll talk about what we're doing and um. One of the things we have in common, you and I, besides the fact that we, well, well, one, we're both writers. Two, we both are writing series. But the difference between you and me about is is the way we approach our series. And you are uh, the writer of the Dovetail Cove series, which will be a total of that's ten books, correct? Yes, it's. I'm I'm hoping to start drafting the first draft of the tenth book. Nine are written, four are out. And uh, it's probably the biggest undertaking I've ever done. What, what about you? I mean, there's is there four pilot books, John Pilot books? There's four novels and one collection of short stories. Right. And I have absolutely nothing written for anything else in the future at this moment about the series. So just, yeah, your way in. But, but you must bubble. You must have something bubbling. I do. I do. Yeah. I do. But um, without going too deep into this, because uh, it's not really what we're talking about today, and I don't want to bore people with it, but I'm kind of... Mm, taking a bit of a break from John and the gang because uh, I, I've got another idea and it just it's not anything that really works in uh, in the mystery genre it doesn't really work for John Pilot and I, I think I just want to for better or for worse flex some some different muscles and it, it, it may never see the light of day it may I may write the manuscript and it may not wor- or may you know it may not work and, it, and I may not you know I may just put it in a drawer so to speak but I think it's time to do something different so that's what I'm but working on but yeah to, to get back to your what you said. Yeah, there's always little scenarios that I think, oh, that'd be great and or good in a pilot book, so I do that. And I'm sure you do the same thing for Dovetail Co. I do, and I'm just thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, so four John Pilot books and the one collection. I personally have read two of the novels, the mm-hmm. John Pilot novels, and the collection, and I read them out of order. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things there is that the four main 
John Pilot novels follow John Pilot and his cast of characters that somewhat flow in and out, but they're they're mostly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the collection of short stories, John Pilot's not even in that. It's just those side characters and, yeah. and focuses on them, which is a really neat neat way to do that. Huh. Can you, you tell us a little bit more about that decision? Yeah, I I was getting a lot of um, requests from. I have a I have a small but very loyal fan base um, for the pilot series, and I mean I I mean if you look at my sales, it's very small, but I love them, love them because they love John and they love the characters. And I had last put out Pilot's Blood a couple of years ago, which was the, the last full novel, and it did all right and everything, but um, I. I wasn't burned out on Pilot by any means, um, although I had considered stopping after Pilot's Ghost, the third book, but I couldn't. I, I put it down for a couple of years, and then I came back with Pilot's Blood, and I thought, well, I may take a, a big break from Pilot and go write this this other book that I want to write. And I really did get some pressure in a nice way from readers, and I thought, oh, you know, well, maybe I'll just do this. I'll just write a couple of short stories and put them out on, you know, on Kindle. That's all. And maybe that'll tie people over. Well... Then I got an idea. I thought, well, it's, you know, everything is pilots this, pilots that, right, for my series. So, um, you, by the way, we won't forget to mention the the kind of clever thing you do with your titles, too. We'll get to that uh, before we, we're done here. But I thought, well, pilots, pilots two or pilots one is <laughs> not very good. And then I thought, pilots seven. Oh, that's an idea. And I thought, I could, I could do seven short stories. And before, and I want to tell you, before I knew it, they just came out, and and I think what was great about it was I didn't feel the pressure of having to write a whole novel. I just had to write um, by my own, you know, my own cracking my own whip. I just said, all right, I have to write seven stories. They don't have to be long, but seven stories. And I'm so tired and bored with myself to steal a line from uh, uh, Springsteen. Um, I'm 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 kind of tired and bored of being in John Pilot's head. So I thought, well, why don't I focus on other characters and how they feel about John Pilot, and that's the genesis of Pilot Seven. Um, it's funny. I had a, a reader or two say, "Well, shouldn't it be Pilots Five because it's the fifth book?" And I'm like, "You're missing the point. This <laughs> this is not." <laughs> and like you said, I I want people to understand. You know, yeah, they're chronological, but it's not as if you can't pick up like you you picked up like what. The second book first? I, I picked up the second book, and uh, yes, and yeah, you, the second you, book first. And it, it was fine. I, you know, one chapter in, and I knew who we were dealing with, where we were, what was happening, and I had enough of the bones to keep going. Right. Totally fine, yeah. Yeah, well, and, and so that's where I, I, how I arrived at that. And, <clears throat> and, and then Pilot 7, actually, uh, I think you might have been one of the people who said, you know, you hadn't read anything, and you read that first, and... and and you said yes yeah and and i really enjoyed that and and it's interesting now that i go back and read the john pilot books it's filling in holes from the pilot seven not that there was holes mind right. you right um but it's filling in extras um right. extra information and and making connections where i didn't need a connection to enjoy the pilot seven individual stories right but it's like oh there's another layer to that i get that i love that <laughs> and and actually it's interesting to now go back and read the john pilot novels and contrast even just the writing style oh, it's to, yeah, to, yeah. to Pilot 7. And I would say I would say they get stronger. I would say oh, chronologically the writing uh, quality gets better. And I would say that the Pilot 7 stories are really what drew me in and made me go back and look at the novels because those stories are really, really tight and well written. And you. I think 
I think the joy that you had that you just explained a few minutes ago in writing them, these these short little pieces and how they seem to just come to you as you were writing and, oh, before I knew it, I had seven. I think you can read that in the words. I think you can feel that as you read it. Well, thank you. And it's good also to know that, that, that they don't get worse as, as they go on. <laughs> but, but they, oh, there's so many writers that do. Though. Oh, and that's a fear I have. That's something we mm-hmm. ought to talk about someday is, is that. Um, but, yeah. but, but and we don't want to focus just on me here. I've got, I want to talk about your series. But just to kind of put a bow on this, I yeah, I think just that unbridled, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I even wrote in the forward, I think, to the book, uh, this is a very self-indulgent project. It's what I told people, you know, um, that I, I basically wrote what I wanted to write. I did not put a lot of thought into, okay, will this piss somebody off or will this be, you know, and that's the way you're supposed to write anyway, you know? Yes, sir. It is. Yeah. It is. And I think you and I had this conversation before I even started Pilot 7. You had said, oh, just, just be a little cautious. It's self-indulgent. And you, you used that word. And I said, okay, whatever. I'll take that <laughs> with a grain of salt. And I read it and I'm like, if, if this is self-indulgent, this is the way Alex needs to go because this writing is really good. And it's probably in part, in part, it's because you're, you're better and you, you've been doing it longer. In part, it's also because of exactly what you said. You didn't worry about ticking anybody off. You wrote what you wanted to write. And I think that comes across. I really, really do. Well, thank you. And I, that's one thing I've never, ever thought about with you is that you had any fear. You're a very fearless writer. I mean, uh, you know, what you did with Zed, which is, um, Part of the Dovetail Co. series, of course. And again, you've written all of them, and, and they're very keen, I think, to tell people there's no order here because they, they jump around in time anyway. It's true. It's true. They do jump around in time. Primarily, it's the decade of the 1970s on a fictional island, which has not been named yet. But on this island, there's a town and the surrounding area of some farmland and some some uh, other areas that, that uh, are important in the, in the story, and it's called Dovetail Cove. And if you think about the term dovetail, I mean, what is a dovetail? Things that fit together. Right. So each of these stories fit together kind of like a dovetail, but you don't have to read them in any order. And I always get this from from readers. They'll, I have such amazing readers. They'll get in touch with me and say, well, what's this new thing about? Uh, I, I understand it's a series. Which one should I start with? Start with whichever one looks interesting to you. Whichever one. There is no order. Now, the people that do need an order, I, I spell it out. I say, well, this one technically takes place before this one. Okay, I'll start there. <laughs> Great. Off you go then. If you want to read them in order, go for it. It will make no difference whatsoever. Yeah, because whereas my series um, follows basically a character, mm-hmm. yours is more about Dovetail Cove being, uh, it's, it's, it's like a cradle for these stories. Exactly. It's a place where all of these crazy people reside. And this weirdness is happening. And each story builds on the weirdness, and you're getting another piece of the puzzle. But if you read one story and only one story, you get a beginning, a middle, and an end. You're not left hanging. You're not left going, oh, my gosh, that's a total cliffhanger. There are pieces that are that are left to explain later, but that story is complete. And you don't have to go to bed go thinking, oh, my gosh, i got to read nine more books. Yeah, yeah, that's you know what that is so true. Um, I actually had someone say this to me once. They're like, "Oh, I, you write series? I don't, I don't have time to get into another series." And I, and you know, it was so kind of dispiriting to hear that. But that is one thing, not a problem with with your Dovetail Cove series at all because they're all so different. Um, I'm I'm getting into let's see, I've done Zad. I'm getting into Bled, 
next. Okay. And and then probably Shad, I think. I, I don't know. I mean, you say it doesn't matter, so I'll just go. It with really it. doesn't. But, but but now's as good a time as any to mention to people who don't know who I am or what I've written. Oh my gosh, I beg your pardon. No, 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 don't worry. Um, I'm just thinking the titles of the books, there's a gimmick there. Yes. They all they all rhyme. They're all one word that rhymes with well, bled, shed, dread, and zed. I won't name the other ones because uh, they're not out yet, and it's kind of a fun thing. Each time a new book comes out, we do a contest <laughs> where you can guess the name of the new Dovetail Cove book. And we've had some awesome guesses, and I've given away some awesome prizes, mostly books because that's my stock and trade, but, right. you know, and it's called Zed. And it's fantastic. I really enjoyed Thank it. You. Thank oh, you. Oh, I really enjoyed it. It and it's it takes place in uh, the mid seventies. Seventy nine or is it mid seventies? I'm trying. Zed to... is nineteen seventy five. Seventy five. Each, each each of the books has a year associated with it, where right. most of the action takes place. So Zed takes place in nineteen seventy five. Yeah, and there's there's all these <clears throat> these little details from that that time in there, and little little things that. Um, if you lived in that time, you'll catch immediately. But even if you just have a passing understanding of some of the, uh, you know, cultural pop cultural touchstones of the of the era, you'll they're they're sprinkled throughout, and it's really, um, it's really interesting. It, it, it now also there's something about this that, that you're doing with your series besides the fact that it takes place in different times and that you can read it in any order and that it's really based all these interesting characters who some characters will repeat apparently, but it's more about the place as that's what defines, you know, how the series goes where uh, again, where I mind's different and it's, it follows the guy around, you know, mm-hmm. but genre, the genre really shifts. Now I'm, I'm mystery thriller suspense right in there. And I've got a, I, my mysteries. I've, I tell people this all the time. My mysteries are not all that hard to solve. I think of them more as, mysterious situations but generally more thriller suspense kind of how's he going to get out of this one kind of thing right yeah whereas you with dovetail cove are doing something a little different you you're not doing the same genre with every book correct yeah when i when i kind of envisioned the whole thing and Mm -hmm. it's it's a funny story i won't digress too much into it but i had a reader read the very first book before there was a dovetail cove series there was one book called shed Mm -hmm. and a reader read it and loved it and got in touch with me personally and said, I want to see more of these two characters. Mm. And uh, I said, well, that's never going to happen because that story's done. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then lo and behold, you know, the subconscious works away on things. Right. The next morning I get up and I'm standing at the, at the sink in the bathroom and I'm shaving. And I had this very, very strange experience where I lost time. And I came conscious, and I was still leaning on the edge of the of the bathroom vanity, staring in the mirror, but the whole thing was fogged up from the, the steam of the, the water in the sink. I, I don't know how many minutes I'd been standing there not aware of my surroundings. I, I literally went away. And when I came back, I had the entire thing, the entire view of Dovetail Cove figured out. Whoa. And I know. And I knew how I could bring those characters back. So the first nine books... Each have their own story and their own main characters and their own genre. Uh, and the 10th book is going to bring back reader favorites and my favorites and people that play into this big finale. Oh. And you're absolutely right. Shed was a kind of a... It's more of a classic horror story with, with I hope, really intriguing, lovable characters. Mm-hmm. Bled is... Uh, Bled came out next. It happens in 1972. And it has no paranormal or horror in it. It's a, it's a thriller. 
and um, it's a it's more of a character driven kind of study of this character and this awful situation she finds herself in. And then we have Zed, which you just finished reading, which is really more a, a coming of age tale about a a young man becoming a well turning from a boy into a man. Um, and then the reverse of that happening with another character. And and Dread is a murder mystery in reverse, which <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to you reading that one to see if I uh, if I butchered it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I'm excited because that, that's the thing, too. Um, there's something to be said for writing fictional comfort food for people. I like to think I, I do that because... People have been very kind to me and said, you know, I feel like I'm back with old friends whenever I read a new pilot. And isn't that, isn't that great to hear that? Oh, it's the best. Because yeah. and, you know, that's actually why I, I wrote the, the, the fourth book, Pilot's Blood, was because I missed my old friends. I, I, I wanted to hear their voices again, you know, and the only way I can hear their voices is if I write them. And mm-hmm. But it, I will say this. I did tweak the genre a little bit in the sense that, like, my first Pilots Cross, the first book, was a straight-up mystery, but it was also, uh, it, it kind of introduces our characters. A lot of expository stuff that if I were writing it today probably wouldn't necessarily be in there, but it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second book is kind of more of a uh, a fun-loving mystery and adventure, than, mm-hmm. you know, sea adventure. It's funny, I had a, a consultant tell me, you know, you shouldn't list this as a mystery, you should list it as a sea adventure, and as soon as I did, the sales and that thing went really a lot wow yeah it's funny that's something we'll have to talk about sometime too it's about how authors list on amazon and the kindle store you know um if you're in a crowded 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 uh uh category you're you're it's easier to get lost but anyway but the uh then the third book uh, pilot's ghost was uh, was kind of a was definitely a mystery thriller but then with blood i thought you know i want to kind of let the foot off the gas on on the seriousness and and i mean it's gonna be serious but I wanted to pay a bit of an homage to my grandfather, my late grandfather, who wrote westerns, and I, I wanted to, to kind of uh, just pay tribute to his kind of his genre, which he wrote for fifty years. But I also wanted to kind of pay homage to one of my favorite movies, which was uh, Rio Bravo with uh, John Wayne and uh, Dean Martin, um, and uh, it's just a it's just a great classic western. And basically, anybody who's seen that movie will recognize the last, you know, third of the book. And and I've had people tell me that, which is great. You know, I, I waited to see if people would catch on. And I even, I mean, I'm like John Carpenter, the film director, he, he loves that movie. And if you've seen Assault on Precinct 13, which he did, that's his homage to that movie. But he he even straight up dropped dialogue in and, and borrowed character names for that movie from Rio Bravo. And I, I straight up borrowed a couple of lines of dialogue from that movie just because out of love you know it's nothing you know it's nothing like plagiarism or anything it's 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 straight up homage and i also you know in the beginning of the book starts back in the western the western days in the 18 late 1800s talk about time travel and i borrowed a couple of characters uh names at least from uh my grandpa's uh most successful novel that's fantastic thanks alex that makes me want to read that next. <laughs> I hope you will. Oh, wait. It's in line next. <laughs> it is next in line, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah. it's. Well, I had yeah. fun with that. Anyway, I don't want to give it all away, but there's a line in the third book that telegraphs I guess subconsciously that that's what I wanted to do because there's a line a character says to the to John Pilot about you, you know basically you don't know it yet but you're the sheriff now and then so that's all I'll say about that so it's fun to it's fun to think about uh, that with our series. 
And like you said, I want to move on to to other genres and other things and pay homage to past writers that have influenced me um, and do different things. That's one of the great things about being a writer. And I don't think enough writers do it, to be honest. Like you mentioned great movie directors. They play in genre all the time. Right. Nobody expects a movie director to put out the same genre for their entire career. Unless you're I mean, George Lucas. Or maybe Hitchcock or something. Yeah, right? yeah. But uh, Steven Spielberg, look at him. He's one of the most successful directors in the, in the history of, of movies. And he always does something different. He doesn't do the same thing twice in a row. Yeah, I mean, you, you got the guy who did Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he, then he does Schindler's List. And, yeah, exactly. Jaws, exactly. he's done horror, yeah. you know. So I, I kind of pattern, if anything, if, if there's a grand plan, I kind of pattern myself more off of a director in that way. Hmm, I um, like that. That's a nice Yeah, I, I don't ever want to be pigeonholed as a horror writer. In fact, I don't know that I've ever written a horror book, to be honest. Um, but people think of me that way, and it's fine. I think of, uh, I think of you. Well, I I don't think of you as horror, but it, I will say I I I've had it in my head for a long time that you're you're very much a thriller and suspense guy um, for me because everything like I think the first thing I ever read. Wait a minute. Wait, that was shit. I have read shit. What am I think, saying? That was, but that was a long time ago. I, I want to reread it now that I. I mean, that's like the first thing I. Yeah, I, I think I read that, didn't I? That's I, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going, Alex, I, I don't know what you read. And, yeah. As much as well as I know you, I have never been inside your head. And I've read, and I've read uh, uh, On the Gathering Storm. Right. That was all. So there's generally like a thriller aspect to most things. There's, there's, a, there's a feeling that something's not quite right. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, the world is a little off kilter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And your book of short stories, which I recently read. Um, oh, goodness. I'm sorry. The name. Uh, uh, There's two, Black Light of Day and uh, and now I'm blanking on the other one. Uh, uh, Night's Gone By. Night's Gone By. Thank you. Great title. I put those out a few years ago. So I'm. Yeah. Those. The, I, if you want a sampler, folks, of Jason McIntyre and you don't have maybe don't have time to invest in a novel, although you should. Um, Night's Gone By was. Uh, was a nice sampler. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah, six yeah. six stories. So not quite as heavy as Pilot Seven, <laughs> but but as a tangent, Pilot Seven is a great sampler of. of oh, thank uh, you, Alex Greenwood's work. Well, I thanks. I I think I I think that too. I wanted to show people too because if you look at Pilot Seven, I mean, there's there's a there's there's one of the stories that could easily be pigeonholed as kind of a quasi science fiction story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, there's an adventure story there you know there there's a little mini kind of mini mystery stuff but the, my favorite i have two favorites in that in that in that book of short stories i did and one of them is really i hate to say it in a way but not a lot really happens but you you get deeper into a character that i just adore and and, and i love those character pieces those more literary Things and that's one of the things I loved about that collection. Sorry, oh. I didn't mean to. No, thank you. Stomp anytime if you're going to say that. No, it, it's <laughs> it's just. But that I, that's again back to the indulgence. It was like, uh, oh, I'll just tell you the story. The, the one I think that please doesn't you know not, there's not a lot happening. But unless you know the backstory, you know, but it gives you backstory and it's a badge. And it's I about like that story. Thank you. It's it's the Man. it's it kind of gives you. The events that happen right before John Pilate arrives in Pilate's Cross. So, again, it has really nothing to do with him, but it has to do with the town sheriff and the new president of the college and them butting heads. And you just get in the head of the sheriff, who is a very conflicted person, a very conflicted character. So I really enjoyed doing that one a lot. And then and then I, I think I had a lot of fun with one that's uh, about... Uh, about uh, the, the, the sidekick sea captain buddy of Pilate's... Uh, 
Taters Malley, and it's called Boat Drinks, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of you're straight up, you know. But it it, it was if if it, it, without being too terribly self serving, it was like an homage to Pilot's Key, which was my my more successful book that people seemed to really enjoy because it was back on the boat, it was back in Key West, it was back yep. in that that thing, and that was fun slipping on that that particular pair of swim trunks one more time. And it's interesting your what you said about Badge taking place right before uh, Pilot's Cross. I would I would probably say five out of the seven stories in Pilot Seven could be the first chapter of a new novel, starring those characters. Ah. And so Badge taking place then it really is exactly that. It's like a it's like an unread prologue to the first book in the John, John Pilot series. Ah. In a way. In a way. And and I think there's probably three or four others in that collection that could probably be the takeoff to a new world. They they could be, and well. that's kind of interesting to me. Well, thank you. I I, yeah. had, I, uh, I did one with the the female heroine of the story that, that she had a very she had kind of a tragic past, and it was just a little glimpse of uh, well, really how terribly sad and, and broken um, she was after she'd suffered a, lo- a a loss and she'd had a rough childhood, and so it was just this little slice. And it, I've been told by a lot of people who read it, they're like, oh, "It's my least favorite of the story," but I, I, it was important for me to kind of give her some dimension if i'll confess that it's not always easy for me to write women as well as i do men and uh i mean i i feel like i'm very in touch with you know my feminine side to be to be to be you know corny about it but but i i don't know that i completely always capture women you do a really fine job with the women you really do i mean i really believe those characters Uh, is that a particular tough thing for you to to uh, get into the I, head of a female? I don't know what it says about me, but I almost instinctively go there first. I, I recently came back from a trip to Mexico, just itching to write. Mm-hmm. And uh, something happened to me in Mexico that kind of became the basis of a... It turned into a novella. Mm. It's like a 30,000-word novella. Originally, it was going to be a short story. I naturally, instinctively changed the main character to be a woman. And I have no idea why that was. And I've been thinking about that as I've been sending that that novella out to beta readers and people are asking me um oh another another story i like it but it's another woman um i've written some fairly provocative novellas bled is one with a with a female central character walkout mercy and the cat has two female main characters and what i try to do is i actually try to do exactly what you said which is get inside their heads and and make it seem like it's not written by a man and i i have gotten compliments on that and I don't know why, but I just I keep going back to that to that world, maybe because I love women so much mm-hmm. and they're an enigma, and I'm trying to figure them out. I don't know, but uh, I, yeah, that's it's something I want to do more of and constantly get better at it. Because hey, we're men; we can't we can't totally understand it. So part of that part of that process is understanding what we write about or or delving into something we've never fully understood. And writing for me is a way to try to understand things. So maybe that's why I keep keep going there. Do your female beta readers, you know, did they ever say to you, uh, they read something and say, I, I don't know if that ring is completely true. Do you ever get that kind of response? or you? I, I don't get that from betas. Occasionally a reviewer will say, oh, you, you, you lost the train there. A woman would never do that. But then I'll, then I'll go back to people that I know, either women in my life or female readers that I know, and I'll say, you know, I got a comment about uh, these earrings in this scene that so-and-so wouldn't wear these earrings or they're too gaudy for this character's style. What do you think? 
and and generally the people that I go to now they could be blowing smoke, but they say no, no, I I would have flagged that for you. I think I think you nailed that uh, that particular thing. So don't know, I don't know. Quite good at it, and it's uh, it's a joy to read. Um, you know, thank I, you, it, sir. Well, you bet. I I think I think it would be fun for us to talk sometime about talk about the beta reading process about just kind of the funny stuff that oftentimes you know our beta readers who oh yeah, we, yeah, who, yeah who we love but, yeah but sometimes they just you know left field sometimes yeah. stuff just comes right at you and you're like really out of the nine things that i was concerned about with this book <laughs> yeah. you picked number 79 on a list that only went to 20 like i, I didn't know that that would even be an issue for anybody and you picked that out yeah okay. it happened it's that's I, that's exactly what which is part of the joy of the beta process yes. to be honest because they they can point out things that you never that you never knew would be an issue well, I want to. We're going to ha- uh, sadly, we're going to have to wrap this up. My gosh, we let's look at us. We just went on and on again, and uh, we're, we could do more. And, and you're definitely, I'm not even asking. You're coming back again, right? I I hope. I would love to. Okay. Well, I'm living at your house now in the guest room, and you got me that new pillow. And you got to earn your keep somehow. My God, I do. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. I have to pay some rent. But but I think um, I think it might be fun too to to uh, open it up a little bit here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Um, if you want to ask either one of us a question, if you're a writer or a reader or just casual observer, you know, and you're curious or if we've said something that, that uh, you find of interest and you have a question, um, you can find me on Twitter at A underscore Greenwood, or you can go to pilotscross.com and go to the Clues blog and just leave a comment there, or actually go to my Facebook page. John, it's the John Pilot Mysteries. Just look up, and that's Pilot, P-I-L-A-T-E. You can go there and just post a, a question there, and I'll be happy uh, to and if Jason, if it's, it's directed at Jason, or maybe you'll, you'll ask the question, and both of us could come up with an answer, and uh, we'll post an answer. We'll, we may use your question right here on the show. What do you think of that, Jason? I think that's brilliant. I think, yeah, if, if any readers want to go find me on, on Twitter, I'm Jason C. McIntyre. Um, or thefarthestreaches.com is my website. And if we have a great question from somebody, we'll put our heads together and try to figure out an answer and either post it, as, as Alex said, or, or address it right here on uh, Alex's podcast. Well, it's, it's really great that people are, are picking up the show. We had some really nice downloads. When we first launched, iTunes named us new and noteworthy show, so we got some really nice uh, subscribers out of that uh, who continue to download the show. And if you have ideas for a topic, get a hold of us. If you have a question or if there's something about the show that drives you crazy, I'm happy to listen. may not change it, but I'm happy to listen. Uh, we want to hear from you. And if you're a writer and you'd like to be on the show, just get a hold of me through the ways we've already discussed. I'd love to have it. One thing I'm going to ask before we go of, of everybody is... If you like the show and you're subscribing through iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, there's almost every podcast uh, distribution method has a review and rating. Particularly iTunes, if you could give us a star rating and a quick review. I mean, it is quick and painless. Right, Jason? How long does it take? Oh, less than 30 seconds. Just go in, click how many stars... Well, okay, look, if you, if you really don't like this show, don't bother. But if you like this show, click uh, click how many stars and maybe just write a quick sentence saying, you know, enjoy the show or I enjoy this part of the show or blah, blah, blah. The reason why that's important is because the more high ratings and reviews we get, the better chance we'll have of iTunes featuring the podcast and getting more listeners. And if we get more listeners, we're more likely to continue further chapters of the show. So enough of the sales pitch again. 
I'm at pilotscross.com. Jason is at the farthest reaches. Dot, is it dot com? It's dot it com. is, yeah. Yep. And he's on the Twitter, and I'm on the Twitter, and Facebook, and all that stuff. So, Jason, anything else before we let everybody go? Thank you so much for having me stay at your home and uh, take part in your uh, in your podcast. Once again, I love coming on and I love chatting about this stuff, so I appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, rock and roll, man. Anytime. I, I love having you on. All right, folks. Uh, this has been Chapter 10 of Mysterious Goings On. And as always, until next time, keep reading. great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed and together we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.